the activity, I will tell you, over the last 90 days, it's increased exponentially. So I think those are the signs that I look for, how many parking tickets are being handed out. I know it sounds crazy, but when you see the parking ticket folks handing out tickets for the first time in my entire life, I get excited, right? We are seeing more folks back on public transportation. I hesitate to say this, but it's nice to be stuck in traffic. I think that's a big indicator. My commute is no longer 15 minutes. It's creeping back into that half hour time. Frame. This is the language of business a podcast to inform and inspire entrepreneurs, anyone thinking about a startup or a small business looking to rebound from the pandemic. Hear about strategies that work and strategies that don't work from people who've been there and done that. I'm executive producer Don Kelly. Our host is Gregory Stoller, Harvard MBA and senior lecturer at Boston University Questrom School of Business. The pandemic has obviously had an impact on commercial real estate. In part one of our series on signs of a comeback, we look at who's winning and losing in DC. Here's Greg Stoller. Thank you, Don. During a pandemic, all real estate is local, but how does that change regionally? We're on location with Michael Goldman, two blocks away from the White House, and welcome to the Language of Business. Thanks for having me, Greg. Michael, we first spoke with you in the height of the pandemic. What are your thoughts now on the current residential and commercial real estate environment? In our market specifically, it's been amazing to watch people's mindsets over the last 14 months. First, we all went into shock. How are we going to be able to be away from our office? And are we going to be able to function? Eventually, once people realized we could function and we could operate and we could produce, being out of the office, it now became the thought of, do we go back to the office? When do we go back to the office? How do we go back to the office? And are we going to be able to create a sustainable model within the office to make sure that the companies and organizations were functioning at the highest level possible? And so it's been interesting to watch and be a part of those conversations with executives, but it has been a roller coaster 14 month period for us. And are you on the top of the roller coaster or the bottom of the roller coaster now? It's a really good question. I think we're still in the middle of the ride. I think that it is going to be a significant amount of time before people actually get into what we're calling the new normal or the new working normal or figuring out how we're going to function. And so I think that the answer is we miss each other. I think everyone realized that we miss being together. We miss working together. We miss everything from the water cooler conversation to grabbing a tuna sandwich with someone you bump into in the elevator lobby. But I don't think we know what the permanent solution looks like quite yet. So let's unpack the temporary solution. Are you all back in your office? We pride ourselves on being a thought leader in the commercial real estate marketplace here in Washington. We came back to the office in full last July with some very, very strict protocols on operational procedures and just how we were going to interact with one another. But we felt as a company that we needed to lead the charge for our client. And I think we saw a dramatic increase in productivity being back together. So is it fair to say that it's business as normal for MGA? I think that our business is being concerned about other people's business. And so I don't think that it's business as normal. I think it's the hours that we are working as advisors and consultants to our clients have extended, whether it was eight to six, it's now seven to nine, seven days a week. I mean, our clients need us now more than ever. So for us, it's just putting our heads down and trying to provide as much advice and guidance to our clients who need us. Let's first talk residential. Uh, the market is red hot all over the country. What are you seeing in DC? 
we focus on commercial real estate more than residential, but I think that having conversations with the executives that we represent, they're at their houses still, right? And so the residential component of this is in their mind, it's top of their mind. Do they buy a new house? Do they move further out? Because they're only going to be coming back into the office one or two or three days a week. So I do think that there's a direct connection between the hotness, if you will, of the residential market and the fact that the commercial market has, let's say we're in the freezer still, or we're maybe going back into the refrigerator from a coolness standpoint. Do you think it's a buyer's or seller's market on the residential side right now? It's a seller's market all day long. It's very much dependent on the price point, how much of a seller's market. I think that people are thinking, one, do I need to be as close to my office as I always was? I was speaking to a client of mine that was purchasing a house and they were one of 17 offers. That's crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy. unbelievably I mean, the, crazy. The idea yeah. that you're one or two or three, fine, but 17, you know, look at something else. You said commercials in the freezer. Is it a deep freeze or is it beginning to thaw? I think we're thawing. I think we're going into the fridge. As I mentioned, I think that there is a desire for folks to be back to normal and have the city operate normally. The activity, I will tell you, if you look at the amount of cars or you look at the amount of people on our public transportation over the last 90 days, it's increased exponentially. So I think those are the signs that I look for, how many parking tickets are being handed out. I know it sounds crazy, but when you see the parking ticket folks handing out tickets for the first time in my entire life, I get excited, right? Is it a buyer's or seller's market on the commercial side? It's, it's a buyer's or a tenant's or an occupier's market. Developers are looking at deals and saying, one, I don't want to be the landlord with antiquated HVAC systems in my property. I don't want to be the landlord with vacant space for the next three or four years. So the question is, what can I do to not be that landlord or that developer? And I think that the incentives, the concession packages that tenants are receiving in our market has reached unprecedented levels. Part of that is understanding the occupier base and the tenant base here in Washington in contrast to other markets. I mean, Boston for the last few years was one of the hottest markets in the country and even in North America, along with Toronto, but understanding that DC is always and will always be probably the most sustainable and insulated market based upon the nonprofit and trade association world, based upon the government contractors. And again, it's proximity to capital. Michael, thank you very much. Thanks so much, Greg. Michael Goldman, president of MGA, two blocks from the White House. Back to you, Don. Thanks, Greg. Next up, we hear from the managing director of MGA when the language of business continues. I didn't even realize what it meant to be in a top tier business school until my first day. And I just really, for the first time, felt like I was in a place where everybody knew what was going on and everyone was incredibly driven to study this and perfect this field. And so I think being in a top business school really means that you are finding the barriers and the edges of the field and pushing them a little farther. And that's what Questrom has taught me over the past four years. Questrom's really helpful because you get to not only study the basics of business, such as accounting or marketing, but you really get to dive further in and to see applications of the health sector and how business applies to sustainability efforts around the world. They really want us to kind of focus it on four emerging areas, and those areas were healthcare, security, sustainability, and technology. Those are really where the jobs are going to be. They really want us to come out from the Question School of Business and be able to work in any area of the industry. Interested? Go to bu.edu slash questrum. You're listening to The Language of Business and our look at the real estate recovery in Washington, D.C. Once again, Greg Stoller. Thank you, Don. Some people have described the commercial real estate market as being in a freezer, while others have saying we are now in a deep thaw and everything is going to revert to normal. 
We're on location with Benjamin Smith, Managing Director of MGA in DC, and welcome to the Language of Business. Thanks very much for having me, Greg. I'm really excited to be here. So where are we? Are we thawing? Are we, is it time to buy and, and get back to normal? What, what, what the heck's going on? I think it is fair to say you do work in the tenant rep industry, but I will say a lot of folks are dipping their feet back in the water, exploring what kind of the new normal will be when it comes to a commercial office. I personally don't think that's going to be a five day a week type thing, nine to five. I think there is going to be some sort of hybrid approach to this, whether three, four days a week. I think that might be the definition of the new normal. But as far as the thaw in DC that I'd like to speak to, we are seeing more activity. We are seeing more folks back on public transportation. I hesitate to say this, but it's nice to be stuck in traffic. I think that's a big indicator. My commute is no longer 15 minutes. It's creeping back into that half hour time frame. As far as the thaw, yeah, I think it's fair to say. As summer's coming around, we're starting to thaw and there's a little bit more optimism around here. You say you're in the tenant rep business. What does that mean right now? What that means is our company exclusively represents tenants nationally as they look to lease, buy, sublease their office space. We're not a firm that goes out and represents big landlords on that side of the business. So we are an exclusively tenant rep only firm. And as you can probably imagine, the optimism level was a little bit different last May. And I think you spoke with Mike about a year ago now. Things have changed a bit on that side. Are you getting deals done for them or merely holding their hands these days? A little bit of both. And I would say the last year of my career has been probably the most rewarding in terms of advising our clients. And that's not to say advising them to do anything or take advantage of great economics at this point. It's really advising them on how they're going to utilize their space for the future. And if there's opportunities, we analyze them. Are deals getting done? Yes, they are. And as far as handholding is concerned, it's how we can help our clients approach getting back to work in as safe fashion as possible, making their employees feel safe, making sure their landlords are operating efficiently and welcoming them back. So that to me has been extremely rewarding. We always say we operate a lot more as a consulting firm than just purely a real estate brokerage firm. It's been a wild ride over the last 12, 14 months. Several months ago, landlords were worried about keeping tenants. Tenants were worried about even needing retail space. You yourself said we're thawing. Are landlords willing to give you whatever you want these days or are things reverting to that theory of normalcy? That's an interesting question, Greg. And I would say that there's a couple different answers to that. But DC is such a protected market in that we do have the government. And if you look historically at big cataclysmic type events, and we track how rental rates have evolved. I wouldn't say that landlords are quick to drop rental rates, but as far as concessions that we're seeing in the market from a free rent to a tenant improvement allowance dollar amount, they are hitting numbers that I haven't seen in my 11 year career. But I do think that will, to use your words, that will thaw out a bit as people come back to work. A year ago, landlords were looking for every possible way to keep tenants and sign new deals. So. Yes, concessions had to go up, rents dropped a bit, but again, I'm optimistic. I think this area as a whole has a lot of resilience in DC and we're starting to see that here over the last sort of 90 days, I would say. Is the fact that the Biden administration is in office having any effect on real estate in DC these days? I don't think one administration over the other really changes folks who are taking more space or getting rid of their space that drastically. I think new organizations evolve out of different administrations, but I would say it usually evens itself out. 
there definitely is a little more optimism in the city, I would say. Are you seeing your clients feel more optimistic about everything? Absolutely. I was having this conversation with an associate in our office. One thing we do for clients is staff questionnaires about, honestly, how do they feel about coming to work? Those types of questions. And if we looked back at our data from July 2020 until now, it has drastically changed. In July of 2020, May of 2020, Everyone said, I'm going to work from home the rest of my life. This works. As the month started to wind down, as we administer more vaccinations and folks have been at home with kids, with their spouses, the workday just kept getting longer. And I think people do miss, to use Michael's analogy, have a tuna fish sandwich with someone. There is the FOMO aspect of not being in the office. And I think eventually that will get folks back. I hesitate to say five days a week, nine to five, but there will be that sort of three, four days a week type culture here in the next, call it 12 months. To speak more to your question, I would say, yeah, my clients are more optimistic about getting back. Benjamin, thank you very much. Thanks, Greg. Benjamin Smith, Managing Director of MGA in Washington, D.C. Don, back to you. Thanks, Greg. And that's part one of our look at the commercial real estate recovery. In the next episode, we'll look at how it's going in Boston. Support for the language of business is from Boston University Questrom School of Business. We now have downloads in 40 states and 75 countries. We really appreciate the support. The language of business is available wherever you get podcasts or just ask Alexa. Our social media is by Jennifer Powell of the Excellent Writers Group. Music by Randy Barth of Oswee Media Group. Consulting producer Helen Tierney of Happy Accident Productions. Direction, audio editing, and voiceover by yours truly. Special thanks to Mike Carruthers of somethingyoushouldknow.net. I'm executive producer Don Kelly. For Greg Stoller and the entire team, thanks for listening to The Language of Business. 